podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It feels good to gift. So give your dad the One for All gift card this Father's Day and let him choose the gift he wants. With 100 plus brands to choose from and zero fees, there's no need to play the guessing game to show your appreciation. You know he'll get the gift he wants and making his day will make your day. Gifting feels good with the One for All gift card. Available in-store and at giftcards.com. See giftcards.com for terms and conditions. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. I am Chris. I'm your host for this week's Beyond the Lines. Matty isn't here, so it's me taking the reins. Um, today, I'm joined by Sean from All One Night Podcast, another podcast from the 90 Men Football Network. Um, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, all right. How are you, how are you doing? I know it's been a busy week for you guys. Um, I'm getting there. Let, let's put it that way. There's been lots of alcohol over the last few yeah. days, a lot of celebrations, but we're getting there. We're getting there. The dust hasn't settled yet. There's still, still lots of things to be settled in regards to managerial issues and things like that, but we'll get there in the end. We might be recording this, and it might be completely relevant in 12 hours' time because things might change once again. Um, but yeah, we are here for your preview for the Newcastle United and Tottenham Hotspur game, which is on Sunday. Um, first of all, mate, I, I want to, because this is the issue with which Newcastle is happening at this moment in time, and this is the, the breaking news, and everyone's mentioned it, radio stations, broadcasts, other football fans from, from different clubs. Um, just looking from, from the outside, and especially a fan of, of one of the big six, what's your thoughts on this? Not just, obviously, who's buying the club, but the likes of the, the money behind it and, and what this could do, not for Newcastle United, but how, could this be a bad for, for, for you as a fan of, of Tottenham Hotspur or another football club? Yeah, I think the obvious thing is about like you know the whole human rights thing. And I think the fans of other clubs have been quite kind of vocal about um, the opposition to that. But it's um, we were chatting off air. There's nothing really the fans can really do about it now. So it's not something that I really want to focus on i think yeah. in terms of the financial aspect for sure this definitely does threaten spurs because we haven't been the most extravagant spenders over the years i'll say um the hope is that eventually the new stadium will bring in enough income and revenue that we can start to kind of financially compete with the rest of the big six but obviously yeah. if you're adding newcastle into that obviously you look at even some of the other clubs outside the big six like leicester spend a lot and they spend really smart. Everton usually spend a lot and they've had to kind of reel that back in this year, but generally they're they're not poor, so to mm. speak. Um so I th- and I think the the last couple of years we've seen a real kind of weakness from Spurs in that Pochettino's gone, that kind of area of the club has moved on. We've got to try and find ways to be smarter. And I think that's kind of led Daniel Levy to appointing a sporting director and Fabio Paratici, which is, I think, ultimately a good thing because I think, I think you got, you guys probably know about this. Like, if you don't have the right people in charge of the money, then it's no point having the money at all. Yeah, and we spent a lot of crap over the years, just mm. and so now it's just about okay, how do we maximize the talent that we do have? Which obviously, we managed to keep Kane hasn't been in great form this season, but the hope is that he starts scoring. 
we managed to tie Son down to a new contract, which is good because yeah. at least we had, do have that guarantee of goals there as well. And then now it's just about how do we kind of clear out the squad from the old regimes and really build forward. But I'm, I'm not expecting like a top four finish this season. I'd be happy with a top six finish. But moving forward, definitely I, I do see maybe four or five years down the line, Newcastle definitely being a threat to us if we're still operating in this way now. We do need something. We do look, maybe a little bit of luck. Like we, Some would say that we got a bit lucky with Pochettino and he when he came in and managed to change everything. Maybe we just need a year where everyone has an off year and we get back into the top four and that kind of mm. kickstarts the trend. You, you never know what's going to happen. You just got to hope that what that if you keep playing well and you buy good enough players, regardless of the price, that things might fall your way. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I, I think you're right. Everything that you've just said there, I, I think as a Newcastle fan, what you've said um, in relation to the next four or five years, I think that's realistically what we're looking at. Um, you'll hear a lot of fans and, and a lot of comments on social media saying, oh, we'll, we'll sign this player, we'll sign that player, we'll win the league next year, the year after. Um, take it with a pinch of salt, to be honest with you. Anybody that's realistic, you know fine well that this is going to be a slow project. It has to be. Um, but I think we're just relieved that it looks like there is a project in place uh, and it looks like them, there might be some ambition coming back to, to the northeast, uh, which is something which we haven't seen for, for a long, long time. 14 years under Mike Ashley um, since since we last, obviously, challenged for anything, to, to be honest with you, rather than just, just surviving in the Premier League, which is kind of what we became over the last decade. Um, you mentioned Harry Kane there. Um, what, what's the relationship now between the likes of the, the fan base and Harry Kane? Because obviously he's gone from someone who, who wasn't an idol. Then the rumours were that he was trying to push for that move from Man City, which was almost guaranteed by the looks of it. And now that he's came back, and I think he missed the first couple of games this season, then he come back and like you've said, that he's not in form at the moment. Is there anything of a bit of a sweet thing there at the moment? Um, I think the first thing is that I was quite surprised how quickly the Spurs fan base turned on him when he did try and force the move because there's been this kind of acceptance for a couple of years that we are now playing below Kane's level. It We wouldn't really hold it against him if he did want to go and hmm. try his luck somewhere else. I think it was just the manner of the way he went about it, like not showing up to training um, and then basically just lying to the fans and saying that that's not what happened when we already know it did. It was, it was a lot of, it was a messy situation and he didn't help himself. Um, I was even more surprised when he came back. His first game back at uh, home was in a Europa Conference League playoff game and he scored two goals in about 30 minutes. And all of a sudden it looked like, oh, it's fine now. The relationship's fine. He, like He's happy. We're happy. We can kind of get on with this together. We can forget about it. And then obviously he's fired that up with about four or five goalless games in the Prem and we haven't played well in that time. Like the defeats have been awful. We lost three not Palace, we lost three not home to Chelsea, we lost the Derby against Arsenal three one. And you're kind of just looking around, you look at the play the players that you want to be performing and Kane has just not showed up at all. And so we're in this weird stage where we just want him to start scoring. We, the the same kind of love isn't there, but we just need to kind of get through this together because the if he has a bad season, that's not doing his value any good and no one's going to mm. come in for him. But even even this summer with Man City, like they offered, I think it was 75 mil up front plus 25 and add-ons. That was like way below 
what Spurs wanted, and they were the only ones in for him as well. So he's he needs to do it for his own sake, like to make sure that he could have options again next year. But, do, you, do you think it's more of a matter of time now rather than if they leave Spurs? I, I, uh, I think so. I just yeah, I can't imagine us getting back to the Champions League anytime soon. And it's fine to be out of it for like one or two years because the Premier League is just so competitive with the big six yeah. and Leicester and all that. If you're out of it for three or four, and that's kind of what we're approaching now, and you've got a player like Kane who has ambitions to break Shearer's Premier League record, to win the biggest trophies, to win the biggest prizes. He's the captain of England, nearly. You know, if, if something's got away in the summer, he's already a European champion with England. You know, mm. can he just stick around being at the sixth or seventh best team in England? Probably not. So I do think it kind of woke Spurs fans up. Because I think for a long time we were sleepwalking into this kind of saga. But I think now there is more kind of acceptance that it won't last forever. Yeah, you mentioned England there as well. And I think it probably won't help him going around those players that are playing Champions League football. And looking at the likes of Jack Reedish, who did make that move from obviously his boyhood club and he finally left left to go to, to, to Man City. Uh, and that's probably not doing him uh, the, the world of good being sat there. And the players will be in the years, you know, for fine well what it'll be like. Um, so, but I think you're right what you're saying. You need to start scoring goals and getting that relationship back on track with the likes of yourself and, and fellow Spurs fans. Um, in relation to, to Newcastle United and, and Spurs, uh, the last two games both ended in a draw. Harry Kane, uh, he scored a brace in, in one of those games. And, and Harry Kane's always been a bit of a pain in our arse, to be honest with you, whether that's scoring goals or fouling <laughs> one of our best players. Um, always been a bit of a pain in the arse. Um, what, so, going into this game on Sunday, obviously with being a feel-good factor for Newcastle United right now. Would you have rather played us the weekend prior to the weekend coming up? Definitely, for sure. I think uh, the games the first week after the international break are always really tricky. And I remember we were, after the last international break, we went somewhere to Palace. Um, we were missing some of our South American players. Mm. Like, they're just weird rules and stuff. That might be the case again, so we might be a bit light in that department. And we went to Palace and they were still, I think they were still looking for their first one under Vieira, but there was a real kind of belief that their project was eventually going to come together and culminate in something. And I think going up to Newcastle on a Sunday, you know, 50,000 Geordies, really boy, the most buoyant they've been in years. That's yeah. not, that's not, that's not <clears throat> something that Spurs really want to walk into. Um, especially like, I think after the last run of games as well, um, you can sense the kind of vulnerability in the Spurs squad. You know, the first few games after we beat Man City, it was kind of like there was this defiance about Spurs, the players that were beyond Harry Kane that, mm. you know, oh, you kind of forgot that we were here, you know, like, um, so obviously you had Son, um, Deli Ali started the season really well, had tailed off a bit. You had guys like Lucas and Bergwijn who were kind of really trying to make, make themselves a case to be a key player in the Spurs squad, regardless of whether Kane stayed or went. And, it just looks like a much trickier fixture now because we've been absolutely battered a lot in the last month. And mm. I think the the thought of our defence, who, like I said, they conceded nine goals in a month, trying to lock down Alan San Maximan, for example, I think is a really terrifying prospect. Yeah. Well, to be honest, mate, he's probably the only one that you should really be terrified about. Um <laughs> 
because we're, I think Callum Wilson is, is having a he's back in training and all that so so it could be possible where, where he does start the game again um, John Joe Shelby played for the under-23s last night so I think it's probably going to be a bit of a push for, for him to come back on the team but once again he's somebody that probably won't concern you um, but because you mentioned him Alan St. Maximin is he the player really that comes to the forefront of your mind when you think of Newcastle United and how basically do you think the likes of your manager is going to look at that and think we need to stop him yeah he's absolutely the the key man the danger man that we're kind of looking at um, how do we stop him I really don't know because uh We've we signed a, a few new defenders, especially in the last couple of years. We're still trying to figure out what our best defense is. I still don't think anyone's nailed that down. There used to be like a nice period for three, four, five years where we knew who our defenders were. You know, we had Carl mm. Walker, we had yeah. Danny Rose, solid, Arnold, solid Dominic, back, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you can kind of rely on that. Now it's a bit of you know we're going to have Eric Dyer and Davison Sanchez, and what's you know what's that going to bring? Is Christian Romero going to be available after? international duty oh we have to throw Joe Roden in there is Tanganga going to be available he looks a bit more vulnerable after his red card against Palace it's it's really kind of tricky to think about and I think I watched your game against Leeds last month and I mm. it was one of the best games I've seen this season it was great like, for a neutral pro, fan proper end to end that was really really great but it, it makes me think now oh god how the hell are we gonna cope against that so for sure, like even just if it's San Maximan alone, that's enough to really kind of give us the frighteners because we are not a good defensive team. Yeah, the, the thing is with seeing at the moment, he's been playing this this strange role where he's up front by himself and he drifts onto the wings. It's a really strange position he finds himself in at the moment with Callum Wilson not in the squad. So it's it's probably something else for the likes of Spurs to look at and think what position is he going to be playing on Sunday if Callum Wilson comes into the team, which I don't think he will, but if he does and that changes everything in regards to, to Saints rule once again, where he's got this free rule where you can't just get one man and say, right, you mark Saint because he's everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And that's that's where he flourishes, to be honest with you. And like I said earlier, he's, he's probably our only player that gets you on the edge of the seat right now, and, and, and rightly so. And, and it worried me just a couple of weeks ago that going into the January transfer window that he might be the player that we'll lose. But I think now with everything which has happened over the last handful of days, that gives us a, a much better chance of keeping the hold of seeing and building the team around him. Um, if Newcastle, obviously when we're going to this game, where are your, your weak points right now? So, so if you were, if you were Steve Bruce or whoever's in charge when this goes out, um, where, where would you be targeting when it comes to Spurs? Um, I think down the down the flanks and high balls into the box because, like I said, we're not quite sure who our strongest defence is. We don't know what defenders we have available. Generally, we've looked a bit weak in the fullback areas. Um, I think against Arsenal, it was quite obvious that they went wide and were able to kind of just cut balls back into the box with relative ease. It was quite easy to get in behind us. Mm. Um, if you, if I think the thing is, if you put the put some real pressure on us if you take try and take the game to us you'll have better luck than just trying mm. to defend against us because the good the what spurs is strengths um we have kane and son two of the best scorers in the world who can score from any given distance on either foot 
You give them enough chances, they're going to score goals. You need to really take the game to us. You can't just sit in and expect for that to kind of work. Um, But yeah, um, if, if Newcastle really, really, really were able to kind of push Spurs back, I think especially, say... Say you got an early goal. Say you got a goal in the first five ten minutes, and Spurs do have to actually kind of come out. That'll be where you ha- have that joy. You have Sam Maximum running in behind. You have, mm. you know, Willock making those late runs. You'll try. You'll find joy. I, I'm talking myself into not enjoying <laughs> this match. <laughs> I'm getting really scared. So <laughs> the the thing is, everything which you've said that this this season alone will have so Newcastle take the games to teams a lot more. You have so Newcastle hit teams on the counter every single opportunity that they've had. Basically, mm. our tactics over the last handful of games have give the ball to Saint and let him run with it. Basically, that that's been it. Um, but in the same breath, like you've said, there if, if Kane and Son get chances. I'll tell you right now, against Newcastle United, they'll get plenty of chances because, similar to Spurs, despite Steve Bruce having over two years now at the football club, he still doesn't know his his best defence. You don't know if we're going to be playing wing-backs, three at the back, four at the back, five. You just don't know going into these games. But no matter which formation we're playing, you're going to get opportunities. So I think from a Spurs point of view, you, you win that midfield battle and those chances just just don't open up in front of you, to be honest. I think the the thing that we're kind of overlooking here as well is that there is a really really good chance that it won't be Bruce in the dugout, but it will be someone like Graham Jones, for example. And you yeah. might have the added, the added factor of it being a new manager bounce or whatever. So mm. you know the players yeah. with like a clearer sense. Yeah. So a lot of fans. Know, Sorry, mate. A lot of fans were hoping that, that Bruce would have been axed straight away. Um, mm. The new owners, Amanda Stavely, obviously she's got a share in the club, um, went to the training ground yesterday, being Monday, uh, to meet the players and Steve Bruce. Just normal day for Steve Bruce. He left um, and he's back in today. Um, whether that was just a courtesy thing from the owner to say, like, we'll, we'll greet you, we'll have a conversation, then we'll have a, a, the proper discussion in the next 24, 48 hours. Um, Steve Bruce is on 999 games as a manager. So there's a lot of pundits out there saying maybe they'll give Bruce that, that extra game give to get the 1,000. <laughs> but he's had enough. As a Newcastle fan, he's had enough games. Um, I, it's not a sentimental thing for me. Get, get him out the door. And I think Steve Bruce being in the dugout, if he is, it brings a whole negative dimension to it as well when, when everything is so boring at the minute and, and obviously everybody's loving what's happening I think to have him in the dugout is a bit worrying for me yeah one of the things I read this week was about the owners want him gone just because him being there might just sour the atmosphere you know say say we yeah. went to an early lead then you know the you know like those northeastern boos are like just, just straight on top of them and then all yeah. of a sudden that, that factor's gone Whereas if even if it was like a caretaker, whoever it is, at least it's like okay, we're still looking forward to mm. the future. They've only had a few days to work with the squad. It's it's fine. We're not we're not that worried about it. We can just still yeah. be in this kind of party you, mode. You look at the videos which the, the club released over the last couple of days in training. Uh, it's Graham Jones taking everybody. I think, but I think he always has done. Um, Graham Jones came obviously late on last season, um, and I think one of the, the 
the things which he needed in his contract was that he wasn't basically part of Steve Bruce's coaching team. So if Steve Bruce was to get the sack, then it didn't automatically mean that, that Graham Jones would get the sack as well. Yeah. So I think I think you're probably right. You probably will see Graham Jones in that dugout just to basically just keep it ticking up until that, that new manager is appointed. I'm not sure what we'll do first. If we'll look at appointing a director of football first, then followed by a manager or get a manager in as quick as possible. To be honest with you, it's it's something which we'll find out in the coming days because Amanda Stavely has has got her feet firmly under the desk now at St James's Park and has been there every single day since obviously the takeover was approved. So she looks like she's she's getting there and um, she's making these decisions known now. And fingers crossed, it won't be Bruce in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of hoping it is now. <laughs> you can do without being someone else. Well, you, you talk about the negativity factor, but if I just want to flip around and look at the positive things here, um, I'm not sure if you, you've read this anyway, but War Flags decided to to step away from from the stadium. So it's the ones that were putting the big displays on in the Gallagher end of the stadium. They stepped away um, a number of months ago now um, and said they wouldn't go back until things that change at the football club. They've been in the, the ground over the last 24 hours, getting their display ready for Sunday as well. So so the atmosphere is absolutely going to be buzzing. And I think even if Spurs go on to win that game, as long as Bruce isn't in that dugout, fans will still stick by that team. And because I think we need to look at the bigger picture right now, of course we do as a, as a fan base. Um, to end it, so let's give predictions, mate. So, like I said, the last two have been a draw, and the two before that, I think, was Spurs win. So, Newcastle's record isn't great unless we've already been relegated. <laughs> and, yeah, I'll never forget that game. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I reckon it's gonna be an almost carbon copy of the second meeting last season, the two-two. I'm gonna go with that. I just yeah. think it's, it's set up it so nicely for two bad defenses, but with exciting attackers. I think there's gonna be goals, but a lot of horrible defending. Yeah, no, I, I, that was my prediction, mate. I was going to go 2-2 as well. I, I can see it being like Newcastle's last handful of games where it's end-to-end stuff. Um, both teams are going to get an abundance of chances um, and, and it's who takes them at the end of the day is going to separate it. Um, defenders, like you've just mentioned there, they're both pretty poor when they want to be. So you're going to see you're going to see plenty of chances, I would expect, on Sunday. Um, but thanks very much, mate. Thanks for coming along. And yeah, no, no problem whatsoever. And hopefully we'll get you back on later in the season um, when things should be a little bit better for Newcastle. We'll see where they are for, for you lot. Um, but yeah, thanks very much, mate. Uh, and see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.